The United States Champion of Justice. Fixing America's issues one state at a time. We have serious problems to solve, and we need serious people to solve them. Welcome to the Darian America Show on WCGO. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We are here, y'all. We here. It is beautiful. The weather is finally seeming like it's starting to break. I needed that nice weather, man. I needed that nice weather. I needed that nice weather. We had a few days of rain, and it's like when it rains, you just, I feel like it's Seattle. Before I get too deep into the show today, I got my man 50 Grand on the ones and twos with me. Michael Knight, the night rider in the daytime. What's up, Mike? Hey, it's great to see you, Darian. You look fantastic today in that shirt, so I'm a, it's, it's going to be a great day. I can already tell. Yes, it is, man. This is my Brady Bunch special, man. You know, I look like a good Greg Brady from the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. finest in Chicago. Dang on right, man. I'm a little prettier than Greg, though. I, I'll say that. I'll say it out loud. <laughs> so check it out, y'all. I, I'm going to say this. Usually I start the show with a lot of COVID-19 uh, coverage. I'm COVID-19'd out. I'm tired. You know, I do believe that we are destined for better days ahead. But I'm tired of J.B. Prister. I'm tired of Lori Lightfoot. I'm, I'm tired of them, man. They, they come on every day at 2.30 to give us updates on how many people have died, how many people have contracted the virus, and if you're testing everybody, then, of course, the numbers are going to go up. And if you recall the five-step phase that they each have, Chicago and Illinois will be reopened once we stop trending on the upward. We have to show 20% of cases versus, you know, going beyond 20%. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Wisconsin is open. Indiana is open. I mean, they talking about, you know, they the Indiana Dunes is open and they're about to start pushing their economy again, even though we all are, they're proceeding with precautions. You know, they're still doing the mask. They're still doing gloves. They're still doing the social distance, but they're back open for business. And Chicago and Illinois are talking about mid-June. It's like, OK, JB, what you trying to prove, man? You want to be the, the greatest COVID-19 pandemic governor of all time? <laughs> Well, guess what? You are because you're the only one. You know, the other 49 governors that are doing their best to handle the pandemic, this is the first time we've all dealt with, with this issue. So, okay, JB, I got you. You are being very thorough with your efforts in keeping Illinois safe. Mayor Lightfoot, you have done a tremendous job. You have been visible. You have been vocal. You hired on a new head of Chicago police during this time. I'm proud of you. I can't I can't complain about the politicians. I mean, why complain about them? Who's going to listen? <laughs> but, you know, Donald Trump has done his best to try to help. And in his fumbling, bumbling, stumbling way, he has done the best he can. So I'm not totally upset. But what's the point of being upset? He's got four years. Well, he had four years to get it right. And we're coming up on elections. So utilize your votes, y'all. Go vote. You don't like the job he's done? Go say something about it. If you stay at home and act like your vote doesn't matter, then that's on you. And if he gets reelected, because he's going to run again, everybody like, he ain't going to run president no more. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is probably the most affluent job in the world. The leader of the free world, and you got it? 
he ain't finna not run. <laughs> He's gonna have to be defeated to leave office. So you better believe Donald Trump is hunkering down and getting ready for four more years. And if you don't want to see Donald Trump, you need to get to the polls and vote. So I'm not going to do a whole bunch of COVID-19 coverage. I just, I'm COVID out, man. I mean, Illinois has let the dentists start to repractice. You know, they're opening back up with certain precautions. You know, so safely, you can go back to the dentist. I've been, me and the dentists are, <laughs> that's like my Moriarty to my Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I don't like the dentist. And I had a couple of good dentists in my lifetime. But this new guy, I ain't going back to him, man. I'm sorry. He has no bedside manner. And I'm not going to put his his practice on blast because I've had a few people complain about him, too. You know, a couple of folks that I talked to. I ain't going back to that dude. He <laughs> he hurts people. And then he froze my face right before one of my shows, man. That was a Friday my face didn't come back to me until like 15 minutes before I had to start at the Falcon Inn on Friday nights. So I had been sitting around all day with a slob towel trying to catch my mouth and try to wake my face up from all that Novocaine he stuck in there because I don't believe he was handling the situation properly. And I got a couple of issues going on in this mouth of mine. Man, I'm not happy with my grill, but he ain't finna fix it. I'll find somebody who is worthy enough to fix my grill. If you got a good dentist, man, you can call me at 877-711-5611. Tell me about your dentist. Have you been visiting him during the pandemic situation? But it is coming to a close, I believe, y'all. So stay the course. I know the weather is getting nice. You know, I got home yesterday from hanging out with one of my buddies, you know, and there was only like four of us in the house, and we were being safe and all that good stuff. But as I came back to my complex, ooh, buddy, it looked like Freak Nick out there. And I think because my complex has a, a courtyard. So from the street, you don't necessarily know who's all there. You can kind of drive past and you don't know unless they start trickling to the outside. But, yeah, they was deep. And they tears up the yard. I'm like, come on, y'all. Why we can't have nothing nice? Pick your trash up. We have to come back and forth past. You know, my mother, she's an elderly lady, and she likes to be able to walk to the front door. You know, but I will say this, even though there's a lot of people out there and they shouldn't have been and they doing stuff that, you know, maybe as a youth I may have partake, partaken in. <laughs> um, yeah, they need to move. And I don't like it being in my courtyard. I don't want my courtyard to be the traffic spot for people to hang out. I mean, I get it. You want to stand outside and get some air. It shouldn't look like Freak Nick, though. It looked like I was on Peachtree. I'm like, come on, man. Y'all got to do better than this. The police are bogged down with enough stuff. They shouldn't have to run people away or run people inside the house. I mean, just just spread it out some. You know, if you're going to be gathering like that, move some down the block. Why I can't get to my door? And I'm not happy with my, my property manager and the, the property management, but I got to do what I got to do. I need a roof over my head. My son needs a roof over his head. We got a roof over our head. So this is humble beginnings. So... All right, y'all. The NBA and the NFL are trying to open back up because of the success from the MMA event. Now, I'm, a, I'm an MMA fan, but I don't sit and wait for the next fight and compare the punches and all that stuff and who should win. It's any given day with them guys. I Man, you know how it is when you're fighting. You know, it can take a, a lucky punch, catch them on the chin. It can be a chokehold. You get a hold of somebody's back. But... Something that people didn't think about. 
Daniel Cormier, who is a champion, I, I think he's still a champion as well, and he Daniel can fight. Dan is a beast. <laughs> he was doing commentary, and the commentary is at ringside. So, of course, when you got the thousands and thousands and thousands of fans at the ringside, you can't hear what's going on in the ring. But what about if there's nobody there and Daniel Cormier is announcing? He was giving tips on some to the fighters. And, you know, he's just doing his job. The fighters could hear him. Greg Hardy used to be a defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys. He was probably one of the most violent men in football. Kept getting fined. He walked away from the game like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to go fight. You know somebody has to really like fighting if they can walk away from a football contract. Because Greg Hardy was good. But he walked away and he went to MMA. And as he was fighting, Daniel Cormier, who is a champion, was given, you know, his, his thoughts on what he should do. Why was Greg Hardy listening to him? And <laughs> started to do it. And won. Yeah, that's unfair, man. When you got a great of all times, could you imagine whatever it is you're doing, you sitting there and one of the greats of all time is talking about you and telling you about what you can do to get better. I would listen. <laughs> Greg Cormier can tell me, I mean, I'm, I'm not the fighting this dude. I ain't about to pretend I'm not fighting anybody. I'm a lover. I ain't a fighter. But if I had to, and it was one person in the world who could tell me what to do to stop this person from beating the crud out of me, it's Daniel Cormier, and I'm going to listen. So what do you all think about that, man? Number one, the sports are starting to open up, and the NBA and, and Major League Baseball want to open up. What do you think about that? Give me a call at 877-711-5611. Express how you feel about sports starting to head forward because we know why they're opening back up. It's not so much about the fans. They got to make that money. I mean, Vince McMahon, hey, he's the head of WWE. He's the head of the XFL. You can see that they need that money. Vince let a lot of people go. And there's a lot of wrestlers that's been around for a long time. Like, why are they still getting contracts? But if Vince is getting hit, you better believe everybody else is getting hit. What state are we covering today, y'all? Stay tuned to the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Let's go. Welcome back to the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Your host with the most, your boy from Roy, your man 50 Grand, Darien America, a.k.a. Darien D. Silk, is back on the air, y'all. What ain't happening? <laughs> so... When I left off, I was talking about the NBA and the NFL, not NFL, because they're a little further away, but the Major League Baseball are getting ready to open back up. And I'm trying to see how they're going to do this. I want them to open back up. I miss sports. You know, the, the, the sports stations on AM, I mean, they are scrambling. They trying to get any type of content. They re-ran some of the best of Rex Grossman. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, they re-ran some of the greats, you know, and, and it's nice to revisit some of that stuff, but I'm not a fan of going back to watch certain games that have went past. Except this Last Dance docu-series, man, it was supposed to actually come out in June, but because of the COVID-19, LeBron and a few others, they like, man, why don't y'all just let it go now? We can't go nowhere. We need something to watch. And I will say this has been captivating television. I love it, man. I love it because it takes me back to my heyday. I mean, when the Bulls were winning championships, that was like my 
high school days. That was senior year, you know. The first one, 91, that was my sophomore, junior year. Um, one of those. I don't know. I'm old, man. I got my glasses on today, as you can tell. <laughs> but, yeah, that was crazy to go back. And because I haven't seen that stuff in so long. I mean, I'm not one that goes back to, you know, Sports Illustrated whenever they win. They say, the Chicago Bulls have just won the NBA championship. Here's your volumes now. And get your your cap, your hat, your free hat. I'm like, man, whatever, dude. I ain't watching that stuff. I'm celebrating. And I remember those times because back then, we, like, was out in the streets, man. I mean, could you imagine being 19 years old during an NBA championship win, and it was peaceful? People weren't riding. I mean, they, they just knew Chicago was getting ready to act a fool when we won the first one. Chicago was cool. We actually chilled out, man. My people chilled. We was, man, I had a, I was driving a Geo Tracker back then, and I took my top off, you know. Man, I had a convertible. Took the top off. Had my boys in there. We blowing the horn. You know, honeys was flashing us sometimes. They was, you know, you getting numbers like, hey, baby, what's your name? The Bulls just won. <laughs> so you don't even think about just the little things that the Bulls did to make this be such a great city. And then they did it. They kept doing it. So, you know, whenever you traveled somewhere, you go, you know, Detroit, Iowa. Well, that's the Midwest. But when you go to Atlanta's and all that stuff, they despise Chicago because Chicago wouldn't lose. I mean, we had the greatest of all time, Michael Air Jordan. And if you look at the footage, somebody had put me, tagged me in a post, and they was like, this is the talent Michael Jordan used to play against, kind of trying to diss the fact that Jordan was great during his era versus LeBron and KD and Kobe in their era. Because it was some dude on the court, man. I mean, if you ever seen Kurt Rambis, <laughs> why did Kurt Rambis have a career? He didn't have, like, not one muscle in his body. But he was tall. He had the goofiest glasses, goggles, whatever. But Kurt Rambis had a long career. And a lot of the guys looked like him. When Jordan scored 69, and they lost that game, that playoff game. You know, a lot of people forget that. But Mike Diaz scorched Larry Bird for 69 points. Did you see what Larry Bird and Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale and Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge looked like? <laughs> if they had a muscle between the five of them, they were lucky. So Mike kind of transcended the game. But I liked looking at this because you got a chance to peek behind the velvet rope. And you got a chance to see some of Michael Jordan become Michael Jordan. Because if, if, if you know... Michael Jordan kind of got a bad reputation. A lot of people don't like MJ. They say he's arrogant. He's kind of pompous. He's mean. He, he don't sign autographs. He, man, how about he's tired? <laughs> I wanted to look at this from different angles, man. But let me, let me, touch, let me touch his teammates first. Scottie Pippen. Scottie looks bad during this. They make Scotty out to be like this crybaby villain. Like Scotty really couldn't play basketball, but that wasn't true, man. Scotty had stress. I mean, the man had 11 people in his household. Two of those people were confined to wheelchairs. His dad had a stroke, wasn't even audible anymore. His dad couldn't speak. And then his brother got slammed in a freak accident and he got paralyzed. So you got two people in the house. And it wasn't like they had an 11-bedroom house. Scotty was from Central Arkansas, if you know. The man was like 
I gotta make it to the end of the NBA. Because if I don't, how my people gonna eat? How are we gonna survive? You know, Scotty had them skills. And then what people don't realize, the reason, he, man, he invented a position in basketball. Actually, the position that LeBron James plays. It's called a point forward. I had never heard of that growing up. But Scotty, because he was so small when he first started playing, he was like around six feet. And then they said the man went, went home one summer and came back seven inches taller. So he was originally playing the point guard. So because he got tall, he learned how to play that position. I mean, he was tall with handles. So absolutely, you got somebody else that can bring the ball up the floor. But Scotty looked really bad. I mean, at 1.8, they definitely touched on that. He quit on his team. But you got to understand competition. If I was Scottie Pippen, I probably would have been mad because they didn't drop this, the last play for him. I mean, it, the game was tied, and it's like, all right, you know, when we came down to those times, it's get the ball to Mike. Mike had retired at this point when they were talking about it. I mean, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but Mike had retired, and it was Scotty's team. So Scotty expected the same respect, the same treatment that Mike got because Mike was gone, so he had to be the man. They drew the play up for Kukoc. Now, Kukoc was dope, too. I mean, Kukoc was, was Dirk Nowitzki before Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, he was the greatest player in European basketball. And he did. They showed it. He hit a few game-winning shots during the season. So you got two options. You got Pippen and you got Tony. But they wanted Scotty to take the ball out. So that lets you know right then and there, Scotty wasn't getting ready to get the ball. And Scotty got pissed, and he stayed on the bench. People really thought badly of him. And even 20 years later, they're still thinking badly of him. But man, if there's 11 people in my house <laughs> and I came from Central Arkansas and became the man, and then you had Jerry Krause. Reinsdorf is the owner, but Jerry Krause, he got painted as a true villain. and I mean, rest his soul, they painted him as a bad man. He was, But he put together one of the greatest dynasties to ever happen. Jerry Krause did that. Michael Jordan was already there, but Jerry put the pieces around him. So it gave us a chance to really look behind the rope and see how that all came together. You had Horace Grant. I mean, Horace Grant, man, he was... Horace Grant was Dennis Rodman before Dennis Rodman. A lot of people don't remember the first three-peat. Horace Grant was grabbing rebounds, and Horace could score. But he had to get tougher. And then when Mike went to play baseball, Horace Grant... Left the team, too. It was really interesting to see how Mike reacted with these people. Scott Burrell, I mean, he was bullying Scott. <laughs> and me and my buddy, my buddy, T, my, my, I'm going to say his name, T Stone. What's up, Stony Waters? Me and him was like, we came up with something. Michael Jordan is a member of a historically black fraternity. Michael Jordan is a member in good standing of Omega Sci-Fi. I forgot that Jordan was a Q-Dog. So even though we are all non-hazing organizations, and I have to say that, and I will say that every time, <laughs> Mike came through the old school. Mike might have got hazed. It ain't no might about it. Because when, as, a, as a member of a historically black fraternity, I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma, I truly believe that there is nothing I can't do because I survived Sigma. Even though I went through an intake process, there's nothing I can't do. And here I am, just 
eight of 11. It was 11 of us when we crossed the burning sands. <laughs> but yeah, Mike was a member of historically black fraternity coming from North Carolina. So I'm sure he learned a lot, and especially the way he talked about his dad during this docuseries. Mike had a lot of energy and passion, man. He would do things that other people didn't do, and that was including pushing his teammates. Scott Burrell, I mean, he was the, the greatest example of that, and they documented a lot of him, you could say, tormenting Scott, <laughs> Scott Burrell. But Scott didn't back down. Scott was like, hey, I want to guard Michael Jordan. I mean, just think about it. If you're around a person like Michael Jordan every day, he's going to rub off on you. And I think he rubbed off on every one of his teammates, especially when he was challenging Scott Burrell. He was trying to get Scott Burrell to be better. Some people can't take that. I mean, could you imagine at the job that you work, somebody is pushing you like Michael Jordan? And Jordan wasn't nice about it. Mike was dead serious, like, hey, man, <laughs> you got to get in the gym some more. You got to do better on these free throws. And he was cursing them out. Mike, I love the fact that they, you got to watch it on ESPN. Don't watch the ESPN, too. If you got kids in the room, look, we are, we're not, we're not foolish. Profanity is a part of the English language. I never really taught my kids to not use, if they had to use profanity, Use it to get your point across. Don't just abuse it. I mean, every word, filth, farm, filth, farm, filth. I'm, I'm still in Eddie Murphy talking about Bill Cosby. But it's a part of the English language. And you better believe when the kids out there on the playground, when they're not around mama and daddy, they cursing. <laughs> they cursing their little tails off. But what does that say about you as a parent? The fact that they won't curse around you is the fact that they respect you. And they feel bad that they're cursing around you. I'm 44 years old, and I hate to curse around my mother. But my mother will push the envelope, and I'll be like, damn it, mama! <laughs> Shut down! I still won't curse at her. I don't like to do it, but the fact that it is a part of our language, and it's a part of our communication, if you understand why it's being used, I think it's, it is what it is, and it can be acceptable. So we are coming up on a break, y'all. What state are we covering today? We are covering, and it's been kind of a trend. I've been talking about it a little bit. But we're covering the state of passion. What's your passion? Do you have passion like that? Is it only during intimacy? Give me a call at 877-711-5611. Let me know what you're passionate about. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Let's go. Hi, I'm Darian D. Silk Sims, the host of the Darian America Show. And I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of the Darian America Show, which airs every Saturday from noon to 1 central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 AM and 95.9 FM in the Chicagoland area, WCGORadio.com, or watch the live feed at Facebook.com slash WCGO Radio. The latest podcast episode becomes available every Sunday. You can find it. Rate it and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to DarianAmerica at Hotmail.com. Okay, back to the show. Welcome back to the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. We are covering the state of passion. 
And this Last Dance docuseries, man, Michael Jordan has ignited a fuse inside of me. I mean, I knew he was good, but you know, we all know how good he is, but you never really think about everything that happens behind the scenes. You know, I was talking about some of his teammates, you know, and the man, I mean, he was seething when they carried Horace Grant off the floor of the United Center when the Orlando Magic put them out when he came back from the base, you know, his baseball stamp. And I like the fact that he did come back from that because when Mike was trying to play, <laughs> and I'm using trying in a loose term, I mean, I was a baseball player, and I just didn't think that he should have been trying to play baseball. But they interviewed his manager at the time, Terry Francona, was in the Sox minor league system as the manager. And when he first got Michael Jordan, he was like, this dude ain't going to be able to play no baseball. But Mike's passion, his drive, after a while, Francona was looking like he started to look like a baseball player. You know, you used to seeing Michael Jordan glide down the court, you know, and he put moves on you, he's shaking bake, get to the rim or whatever, tongue out. But he started to transition. And it's a difference. If you've played baseball versus basketball versus football, your body gets certain strengths to it. Muscle memory. You're going to get strong in certain areas. I mean, Mike was throwing people out. Mike was still in bases. And because he was so tall, he didn't look fast. <laughs> Jordan was fast. But the thing that really hit me about him is his drive, his passion. His teammates would like marvel at his drivenness. It's like, really? B.J. Armstrong, you know, he's been featured a lot during this documentary. And I forgot that B.J. Armstrong, you know, he got uh, drafted in that when the, the Toronto Raptors, you know, they had uh, them and the Grizzlies were expansion teams. Grizzlies were in Vancouver at the time. And B.J. was the first round draft pick for the Toronto Raptors. At the time, I believe they were, were they still being, uh, they were being ran by Isaiah Thomas, I believe. It does something. Good old Isaiah. And Isaiah appeared a lot in this documentary, too. <laughs> and the documentary actually made me not hate Isaiah as much as I did. I mean, he's from Chicago, man. Born and bred. But he played for the venomous, the evil, the Detroit Pistons. But I love to hear Isaiah talk. He is so reserved. And he's eloquent. And he will tell you, you know, things that maybe he should have made a better decision we're not shaking the Bulls' hands. But he had proof that the Boston Celtics didn't shake their hand when the Pistons put them out. It happens. When you're in that competition, and, you know, I remember playing sports and, well, baseball, and when we actually upended the foes, that was our foe, and we were their foe. And I played on a team that actually defeated Jackie Robinson West, but there was a senior league team. Now, they're a little league impeccable. They were undefeated for, like, 25 years at the time when I was playing. So for us to come along and unseat them as senior leaguers. Man, and we didn't just win. It wasn't a one point, you know, we were close and the, the umps started, because the umps did start to show favoritism. We beat them boys, <laughs> and they hated to shake our hands after. I think that's one of the, the worst things about sports. You have to shake hands at the end. You know, I spoke briefly about it when we defeated Washington. I was our rival, and in high school for baseball, they did not want to shake our hands because they felt like they were the better team. And they may have been on 99 out of 100 days, but this one particular day, they were not the best team, and we whooped them. I don't care what you say. You lost. But they forced you to shake hands. And I'm like, man, I don't want to shake this dude's hand. But 
good sportsmanship. And one of the the hosts of ESPN Radio, because I was listening to the interview with uh, Isaiah Thomas, and he was really going after Isaiah about his sportsmanship. And Isaiah really, he chilled. He was like, hey, man, I, maybe I should have made a better decision. But at that time, we hated the Bulls. And I love that transparency because they hated the Bulls. So when I come to this conversation about passion, we saw Michael Jordan getting on his teammates. Could you imagine working at your job and somebody is the Michael Jordan of that job and they getting on you? <laughs> because in our tradition, we think that the best person, the Michael Jordan of our work, is the big boss. They're the ones that's the greatest. And they come down, they do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and they should know it all. And I mean, I guess. But could you imagine you go to get your hair done? Ladies, who was the Michael Jordan of the hairdressers when you walk into your salon? Is there a girl in there who can do your sew-in in 30 minutes? She can get you braided up in five minutes, get your sew-in done in 30 minutes, get you styled in another 15, 20 minutes, get you out the door by in an hour. Is that possible? What if it was somebody that could do that? And they pushed all the other hairstylists. Y'all got to get these women up out of here. They got stuff to do. We got things to do. And she wasn't nice about it. That's how Michael Jordan was. He pushed his teammates. And I can guarantee you, Scottie Pippen appreciated Jordan. Horace Grant had to appreciate Jordan. You have to appreciate that man because he made them all champions. You know, some of their, his work ethic may have rubbed off on them. They said Mike used to, Man, if a bad loss or something, he would go to the gym after the game was over and keep working. He was getting there early, first one to get there, last one to leave. How many people is it in your business that you're in that's like that? Could you work with them? How would you feel about them? Like, what if there's a mechanic out there, man? The Michael Jordan of mechanics. This man can diagnose your engine trouble. He can tell you exactly what's wrong with it exactly how much it's going to cost, and get it done in a good time. That's a good mechanic. <laughs> where is he? Do you know where this mechanic is? Have him give me a call at 877-711-5611. I want to meet the Michael Jordan mechanics. But I bet he don't cost like Jordan did. And then if you look at the, the, the mainframe, the, the mainstay landscape, pick a word, D-Silk. <laughs> is there a price attached to that? Hmm. Points to ponder. Are you the Michael Jordan that you, at, at wherever you work? How about me? Am I the Michael Jordan of radio? In my mind, yeah, I am. <laughs> if you look at my cover letter, I tell you, every day I get up and go out the doors, I think I am the Michael Jordan of what you need. I'm going to be the first one to get there. I'm going to be the last one to leave. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that job done. I'm not the Michael Jordan at the station, y'all. <laughs> I mean, that's what motivates me. That's what pushes me. The Michael Jordan at this station, I got to admit, man, it's my station operations manager, my man Randall. That is the Michael Jordan at this station. I mean, Randall will come in here. He don't care what time of day it is, and he will work. And the stuff that he does, I can't do it. He can get shows on the air. He's great with the internet, the connections. He's great with the equipment. He is a great person to have around this place. But when it comes to getting on this air, Randall can't hold a flame to me. 
<laughs> this is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. We're talking about the state of passion. What drives you to get out to bed in the morning? Let's get it. Let's go. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. We are talking about the state of passion. You know, I threw a couple of daggers out there, and right when we were sneaking off the air, I said, I'm the Michael Jordan of this station. <laughs> well, I, I'm not the Michael Jordan of this station. I feel like I'm the Michael Jordan of talking. Yes, I can talk about anything. But by far, my man Randall is the man 50 grand. He gets stuff done around here, and I be feeling so bad for him because I want to help him. And there's certain things I can't help him, but the one thing you have to do in management especially is you have to be able to delegate certain things. And I know he trusts himself better than he trusts anybody. And I think that's an issue when it comes to people who are passionate that are great at what they do. But I was going to ask a question, and I'm still going to ask it. <laughs> do you think Michael Jordan is a jerk? As you watch this docuseries and you see Mike, I mean, he's cursing at times. He's getting a little graphic. He getting down on some of his teammates. And he even talked about the fight with him and Steve Kerr. I mean, he said, in his own words, man, I beat up the littlest guy on the floor. For what? Steve Kerr stood up for himself. Steve Kerr was like, look, man, I can play ball too. And he went head to head and he punched Mike in his chest. <laughs> Little old Steve Kerr punched Michael Jordan in his chest and then Mike went upside his head, man. I wish they had footage of that. I don't know if they did show it. Maybe I looked away. I don't know. But I would love to see Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr fighting. But be that as it may, do you think Jordan is a jerk? You know, let's, let's think about these people. When you become, actually, I got another question I want to ask because he's asked this during the documentary and a lot of the, the radio hosts asked this as well. Would you want to be Michael Jordan? Wherever you're at right now, could you imagine somebody did some hocus pocus, they, you know, wiggled the nose and they put you your essence, your spirit inside of Michael Jordan, and they took Michael Jordan and put him inside of you. When they showed that part of the documentary, you know, and I may be giving away stuff. If you haven't seen these scenes, man, go back and watch. Anything I say today, it really doesn't hurt the documentary because you'll still enjoy it. But there was a, a scene in there where Jordan was doing an interview and there were about 60 people around him. That was all media. And Mike had no space and everybody is crammed in and they all up on each other's back and they got their... Their, their sound devices, that's rough. And then once he got out of there, he went to try to go to his car and people were waiting on him right there. Michael Jordan couldn't go anywhere without somebody in his face. I mean, the game is the game. You get enjoyment out of playing the game, but once you're done and you got to try to shower up and you put your good gear on and you want to go to your car, you have to stay. He's contractually obligated to talk to these people. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't like crowds, man. As a karaoke DJ, there are times when people get crowded around my station and maybe they're trying to submit songs. Maybe they just want to hang out. They just want to be near the DJ. I can't stand it at times. I feel like, man, I should just go in the DJ booth, but it's hotter in the DJ booth than it is in the studio. It's way hotter. I'd be like, man, I don't want to go in there because actually my interaction is good with the crowd. I need to be active with the people. That's how I get them to sing. You know, I get people up out their seats. They have never sang or done karaoke before, but they feel like after I've done it and how complimentary I am to the people and how I build them up, 
They be like, I want to try it. But I cannot stand when I got crowds and crowds of people around me. So, no, nah, I don't want to be Michael Jordan. I mean, it would really be nice to have all my bills paid. <laughs> if I could have Michael Jordan's money, I don't even want all his money. Just give me like 2% of the billions that he has now. I'd be very, very happy. And I'm sure you would too. But could you actually be Michael Jordan? Can you take that? Do you like having crowds of people, everybody clamoring to talk to you, to be around you? They're trying to touch you. I mean, because he was Michael Jordan, they touched on his father's murder. And the media were destroying Jordan. They were trying to say it was something that he had to do with these mafia people that he gambled with. And he had to pay off a debt. And David Stern secretly suspended Michael Jordan for a year. That's got to be the most hurtful thing. I mean, I couldn't imagine if something happened to, I'm going to use my father because he's been gone for almost yeah, 40 years now. I couldn't imagine somebody accusing me of killing my dad. And he has to stand there and take that. And people are asking him questions. And they're, they're trying to play detective. We weren't there when his father was murdered. We have no idea. They found him three weeks later. That, was, that had to be horrible. And you have to, and he still had to keep his cool. Mike never blew up and snapped like Kevin Durant does. Mike had to keep his cool. And you've been listening to the Darian America Show, brought to you on WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We air each and every Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. This is Darian America saying thank you for tuning in.